Hi, I'm Robert McFerrin. Welcome to the 21 News Podcast. Joining me today is Kaldeep Singh, an earth science professor at Kent State University. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you. Thank you for calling in to discuss an environmental concern. So um, what we're talking about today is the East Palestine, um, the Ohio EPA and Norfolk Southern um, has released its um, preliminary remedial plan for the hazardous materials that were released in the air, soil, and water to the train derailment um, on February 3rd. We asked you to look over and review um, the Norfolk Southern preliminary remediation plan and tell us what you thought. Can you tell me what you uh, saw and as far as the air and ground plan and what they're doing? Yeah, so after doing a quick review of the report, it looks like they were quite diligent in in getting their crew out in the on the ground and get the soil um, samples, and then some of the fluids were uh, removed from the land. Um, there were the the fluids were volatilized and uh, burned uh, when needed, um, and so there were a cleanup operation done immediately. It appears on the surface. Uh, later, they have put uh, various stages of cleaning operations, skimming the water uh, from different site locations in uh, what appears to be reversal canals at several locations, creating trenches uh, to funnel some of that fluid, uh, uh, hazardous fluid that uh, went on the ground so that they could trap that. Uh, so they were able to make some of these immediate uh, measures, which is great, uh, great to know. Uh, yet there are volatile compounds, uh, organic compounds that could volatilize immediately after a post spill, which could get into the air, which they have no control on, and the air would go and take in any direction. Uh, but they were able to clean as much as they have reported. I can only look at the report. Uh, what uh, uh, so far, the only thing I feel that that is missing, and I think they propose in the future investigation, is uh, the groundwater is not being sampled yet. And uh, there is a logistic issue, uh, a point well taken that there is a heavy equipment moving in and out. Uh, but uh, uh, today being the 14th, uh, it's been 10 days. And uh, very likely these volatile compounds will eventually um, get to the groundwater table. And depending on what the soil type is, how much rain that area has seen or how much snow melt that area has seen would impact how quickly these contaminants may go to water. Once it goes to water, it becomes a little challenging because then it flows with the water gradient. Um, and then they have put very well a plan uh, to monitor that groundwater contamination in their future plan. Uh, but as of, we are unaware of uh, what or how much the contamination could be in the groundwater, which may impact uh, uh, significant areas around the spill. Um, so that's how I see it, but they have very good plans. They have also sampled all the fluids and took it to the lab to measure each compound. So they have a knowledge of that. So um, that's how I see it in a quick review. So the biggest concern out of the air of the ground would be the water. Correct. Correct. And so the water on the land, which is the surface water in rivers, uh, would move uh, relatively fast. Uh, the contaminant could go very far as far as the river water moves, but they're trying to put those uh, skimming operations. They will be a part of that uh, contaminant spill from soils would go to the river periodically, keep going. That's why those uh, the, the stages are put in place to skim the shallow volatile compounds. These volatile compounds are lighter than water. They float on the top like an oil sheen. 
Um, but there are there is at least one compound, ethylene glycol, which uh, is heavier or denser than water, but it's the water table would sink in. So uh, quickly, if not acted, that might uh, be a challenge to take it out eventually. If it sinks deeper, I would take more costs. Um, so yeah. <clears throat> of the contaminants that we're seeing, are there contaminants of concern? Yeah, all of them are hazardous. Uh, uh, vinyl chloride particularly is very volatile. And, and so there are uh, volatile compounds. They would uh, volatilize or evaporate very fast into the air, contaminating the air with, uh, with the wind whichever way the wind goes. And uh, that may continue if the compound continues to volatilize. That's why they acted on excavation, uh, removing as much of liquids uh, uh, out uh, from the surface system. Uh, that's what I think the, the emergency preparedness uh, targets. And in the meantime, they have uh, missed on calculating water samples to see if the contamination has reached groundwater or not. And uh, one could only comment after one sees it, uh, uh, what, uh, what the groundwater contamination level is. And can you explain what the concerns would be if it does reach the water table? Yeah, so the, con the concern is then there are, there are two different phases of contaminants or contamination uh, that would migrate. One will be floating on the top, which would be the light uh, uh, non-aqueous phase organic compound floating on top of the water table. A part of that would get dissolved and that dissolved component is what moves the farthest. Uh, and if there is a dense component that may sink into deeper into the aquifer, that becomes the hardest to clean up. And these cleanup operations could go up to several years, taking up to a decade. Um, and uh, so that, that is the main challenge. The contamination on the land that can be excavated within a week or two weeks and monitored uh, can be taken care of relatively fast but groundwater contamination can spread with the direction of water, groundwater movement, and could take a very considerably long time to remediate and clean up. So you, you said that soil, it plays a role in this, and then uh, does that al allow it to spread quicker or further? Yeah, so there's a permeable soil, if there is a permeability exists, so there are two components. One is permeability or how fast the water could permeate through a soil would affect, uh, once again, how fast these contaminants could go towards the groundwater. The other important part is how close the groundwater is to the surface. And as far as uh, my understanding in Northeast Ohio uh, goes, the shallow aquifers are pretty shallow. Um, and if, uh, let's say, there is a clay barrier in a particular location, that might limit, but only for a short while. Eventually, because of gravity, all contaminants would reach the groundwater table if not acted soon enough. And, and what would be the, the a normal timetable that um, you would have to get the contaminants removed before it would reach the water table in, in such like East Palestine's case? Yes. Uh, so it depends on the properties of the contaminant, which will be the density and viscosity in this particular case. And if there has been enough rain, so rain tries to percolate down and with rain, these contaminants may move vertically downwards. So it depends on those conditions, the permeability, if it has been enough rain. And uh, let's say to give a, since you're trying to ask the time, uh, let's say about a 10 feet of travel might take uh, as quick as a couple of days to reach groundwater table. Okay. And now with the, the soil and the drainage and the runoff, um, that would also then impact which way the contamination would be spreading, correct? Correct. This is a very important point. Uh, on the land, the surface topography controls the direction of contaminant spread. 
which is largely impeded by the soil unsaturated properties and sometimes lack of permeability because of clay or uh, layers. But uh, in, the, in the groundwater, it moves through the water table gradient. And uh, so there would be a network of wells uh, put in place at some point as proposed by in this report. Uh, that would measure which way the groundwater would flow. Groundwater simply flows from a high pressure or high elevation to a low pressure or low elevation. Uh, and the amount of gradient, just like the grade in the road, uh, road tells you how fast uh, a particular vehicle may go on the road is how fast the contaminant may move, is it tells you the groundwater speed. Groundwater movement is way faster uh, than the, the movement in the soil. So once it hits the groundwater, it might spread relatively faster, not as fast as the, the rivers. Rivers are the most uh, fastest or the air being the fastest contaminant spreading mechanism comes uh, next is the river and then groundwater eventually. The challenge with groundwater is we cannot see it and it has to be constantly monitored uh, to make uh, cleanup operations and that's the biggest challenge. It could take years and a lot of cost. And how hard is it to clean water? Yeah, so how hard, so there are many uh, technologies to clean depending on the, the, the uh, concentration of a contaminant. Uh, so common being pump and treat, so you inject water and from the neighboring well, once you map the plume, you take the water out. So hoping that contaminant comes with it. And then you do the, the filtering process on site and then maybe re-inject that water as a cycle. Uh, then there are bioremediation and chemical remediation uh, techniques depending on the solvent and uh, that we could biodegrade it. And the uh, last being the natural attenuation. That means that plume can only go as far and it would uh, uh, diminish due to dilution and biodegradation. Eventually these products biodegrade. Sometimes some of the byproducts could be more harmful. So one has to monitor the extent of these plumes and if, what are the biodegradation byproducts uh, sometimes have to be monitored. And that's why the time, uh, when I say 10 years, uh, it's non-trivial to deal with these issues. And um, can you explain what a plume is? Just yeah, so so plume is, is the edge of a contaminant level concentration either floating, so that is the floating uh, plume versus the dissolved plume is the concentration of a contaminant dissolved in water within known particular concentration marking the edges between the fresh water versus the contaminant water. So that is what uh, plume refers to and the plume shapes take on the shape of the direction which way the groundwater flows. So is the plume inside the soil. Largely the first plume makes the vertical imprint uh, towards the groundwater, then it expands outwards um, in, in the soil. Based on the chemicals that we're seeing here with this uh, derailment that, that is now, as you're saying, you know, in the ground and could possibly get into the water table, um, what are the potential risks that we're seeing that are associated with this? Yeah, so the, the risks are largely health hazard that might cause if ingested. And uh, depending on the concentration, uh, again, that would be more towards the health officials to decide that and EPA has guidelines for minimum contamination levels, uh, which I won't remember top of my head, but uh, uh, one could look up the website for each level for these contaminants. So the largest being the health hazards uh, from uh, uh, inhaling to ingesting uh, of all kinds, even in the minor quantities ingested for a considerable long period of time, such as the groundwater contamination, could be very harmful for farm animals, um, 
and human beings. And, and you had said that you know the the monitoring could take up to a decade. Is is that a for a, something of this level? Would that be a, a figure that you'd say is you know, a traditional number? Yes. Uh, so again, it could be less and then twenty years, as it could be four years, five years, depending again the extent of the spatial plume that would form, the nature of the aquifer, how much contaminant was immediately removed, with all uh, control, uh, how long would it take? And uh, how, how much is the gradient in the water table? What is the conductivity? This becomes a classical contaminant hydrogeology uh, site uh, where uh, that has to be periodically monitored. And it looks like that's what the plan is being put in place. Uh, and I see it. They have a good plan, but nothing has been done in that regard so far. And, and as far as the the, the plumes uh, and the drainage, what is the radius of water table concern for this region? Yes, that is a very good question. Most of these plumes, um, knowing some natural uh, groundwater uh, gradients, uh, are not expected to go past few miles. Uh, if at all, right now, it would be in the, the vicinity of a few hundred meters, if at all, it has reached the groundwater uh, maximum. And so the quicker we could uh, uh, map the location, easier would it be to contain and remediate. Uh, that's why uh, immediately I noticed, the, you know, as much as we have to take the surface water uh, and the surface uh, volatile components out as quickly, we have to also think about groundwater. The reason why groundwater, because it's very challenging to remediate. Uh, it's a very slow process. <clears throat> so and a few miles. Have there been other communities around the country that have seen things similar to this? And what was their success rate in being able to clean up eventually? Yeah, so there are, are a lot of contaminants, organic contaminants like this, sadly, that happens across the country, uh, particularly around downtowns and accidental spills like this one. Um, and there have been case studies after case studies, um, and that's where this uh, example of, of, let's say, a couple of miles versus 10 years comes from. Uh, depending on the extent of contamination, uh, uh, contaminants itself, their physical properties and how they dissolve, they float versus go deeper, uh, the extent is dependent on that. And if that water has to be used or flows uh, for uh, other domestic or industrial purposes, uh, then the, the restoration or remediation efforts are put in place accordingly. So there have been numerous examples uh, over time, over the history. By numerous, I mean within Ohio, we can find hundreds. What can the people of East Palestine expect going forward for their air, their ground, and their water? Yeah, at some point we are limited by you know the, the reality of things, and uh, one thing we could uh, expect is to certainly monitor, uh, monitor the air quality, uh, which would tell us how much is it in the soil, um, and uh, around the perimeter of the the spill, and then monitor the groundwater. Mapping that plume would make sure that it does not go to areas where people need to use it for domestic or some other purposes. Is there anything else you'd like to offer uh, for our audience? Um, I, this has been a quick one. I wish I could uh, offer more if I could uh, know more about. By the way, I just taught a class and I have a student from East Palestine. They knew about this issue um, and they, they were interested to know what's going to happen themselves. 
Um, and uh, no, but I really wish that uh, the contaminant plume is limited and it does not affect the community. I hope so. Looks like from, from a map, quick map review, the plume may be going towards the town. That's what it appears right now. And uh, as we get more information, I hope you'll be able to help us read the data and, and analyze what we're looking at to, to help the people of East Palestine. I'll be happy to do so. Thanks for contacting. Thank you very much for your time, sir. I appreciate it. You're welcome.